0: Greetings, Gothamites, and welcome to episode 79 of I Am The Night, we'll be looking at season two, episode 20, the final episode of the season of Batman, the animated series, and this one's called Batgirl Returns. With me, as always, is someone who's not a sidekick, but every hero that the world deserves, Adam Red. We're back! We have returned. We are back on the mean streets of
1: Gotham, trying to... Bring our own brand of audio justice. It's gonna be good. It's gonna audio be good. Justice. And uh Yeah, you're very right there. I I in this dynamic, sure, I may be psychic like, but that, a man. hero in my own right, much like the main characters in this episode. They that was one of the I mean, main it's... takeaways I sort of had from this. It was we showed off that with very little Batman, Robin and Batgirl were big damn heroes just on their own right and handled the
0: very tricky situation that was going on in this week's episode oh yes and of course um multiple guest stars one in particular who's in the action every bit as much as uh, dick and babs but we'll talk about that so it's um yeah bad Girl returns written by michael reeves and Bryn stevens and directed beautifully by dan reber do you reckon that this one is up there in terms of how it's directed and and the acting quality this one's really good i think mm-hmm. This one's really good.
1: I, uh, I would agree, definitely. Uh, there's been very few weak episodes of the show mm. overall. I'd say this is a very good character piece. It's a very good yes. exploration of the main masked figures that are in that are in the focus in this episode, as well as sort of the themes of like trust and understanding and what it means to be someone like this in this world of could uh, masked, masked do-gooder types. To quote one of the
0: other characters. <laughs> absolutely well um we see a few characters here and what what blew my mind is well it starts with the theft of a jade cat a priceless han dynasty jade cat and as soon as i thought that i said like, well this has got to be catwoman right but i was wrong mm. and then we get this weird thing with batman getting beaten down by joker two-face and penguin and getting saved by batman i'm thinking this ain't right <laughs> um but of course she was dreaming and but what do you make her the dream the dream i think it was a
1: little bit of hero worship into very noir grandiose sort of like oh my hero but like sort of reverse like putting batman as the damsels a uh, framing you'll never expect yes so that was a nice little fun and fun play on uh, dynamics but uh, I want to jump backwards just a little second. Yeah, go for it. When it when I saw the cat statue being taken, I immediately knew that it wasn't Catwoman. It was far oh. it was far too obvious. But also yeah. looking back at the scene, it was very clearly a much more bulky male figure. And another thing that like solidified it for me, I think Catwoman would be very respectful of A, a cat depiction and B a statue of that age. This this person just like grabbed it by the neck and just hucked it. I think Catwoman would be very delicate hold it gently, maybe even pet it a little bit as a real cat. So I knew almost immediately that it wasn't her.
0: I have more face in my Yeah. Uh, yeah. As we discover later in the episode, absolutely right. There's a lot more care and attention there. And we do find out who the real culprit is, but... what blew my mind is as far as i could tell even though they only had a groan of pain or a a wince of displeasure it sounds like penguin joker and 2 Face were voiced by um their usual act i mean for mark hamill to appear for half a second just to go um wow (laughs) it's
1: it adds to the um the sincerity of the dream it adds to how well That girl Barbara Gordon knows these figures from the Rogues Gallery of Batman. That she knows what their being punched in the face noises sound like. It also adds just to like the quality of the of the casting that we have. That they can be okay just to have a bit part of a few seconds of being like ooh, and then falling down. Whereas like they can take an entire episode just to themselves. They've been able to handle some of the finest talent in voice acting in this show and we really get that on show here
0: oh yeah oh yeah i mean adrian barbeau's catwoman melissa gilbert's Batgirl, lauren lester's robin all shine in this issue and for the few lines we get from kevin conroy um well what else need be said and we'll talk more about mr conroy at the end of the episode because obviously this is um oh god it's hit me already this is the first one we're recording since his untimely passing, but um, I'm not going to go into that because I, I I I I ugly cry and I don't want to do that on a podcast that people are going to see moving forward. So um yeah um the three leads superb, truly they brought the level of uh, performing quality
1: and acting chops that we can expect from them in every episode. There's never a time okay. when. They've given a uh, roughshod um, half-base performance. They've always put in maximum
0: effort, and it shows dividends every single time. Oh, yes. I mean, the fact in this episode, I mean, I know that the first three, Joker, Penguin, and Two-Face were only cameos, but we get Catwoman, we get Batgirl, we get Robin. We get the return of Roland Daggett. Which is a very um, nice surprise. Lovely. And again, Ed Asner on top form as always um that was brilliant because we get so many red herrings with uh, the stacked deck being the bar where all the villains hang out and that's the name of one of the most famous um greatest joker stories ever told collections Ooh. that very rare leather bound hardback which i'm very lucky to own a copy of Ooh. and um things like that so i thought hang on so it's not catwoman is it joker not another herring? but brilliant and we meet for the first and last time a villain called the chemist and even though he was in it for like seconds and has about two lines another brilliant piece of voice casting i think
1: yeah he has that uh sort of snivelly mm. uh intellectual type uh, this is a this is a nod to someone to another set of characters that i love and i know that you love he's a very much of a starscream type of just like yes like being nefarious in the shadows but like oh no don't hurt me when he's confronted oh, um yes. it's, it's it's kind of bad that I've always loved Starscream as a character. I sort of I, I sort of great. I sort of I sort of empathized with them. But yeah.
0: um yeah, this character sort of had that down in spades. Absolutely. And the fact that oh, we see Catwoman on the side of the angels as well, foreshadowing her future. I mean, you review Catwoman every month. You know that she's more an anti hero now and fighting desperately to be on the side of good. So, did you enjoy that aspect of this episode?
1: It was very nice to see it. Um, I feel at this point, after reviewing Catwoman for, God, it's been multiple years at this point since Joel Jones over, over the issues. Yeah, since Joel took over the title back when um, they called off the wedding. Uh, yes, there's, I feel like I've grown to know and love this character a great deal. She's, um, very complex, a lot more complex than most people think. A lot of people mm. just immediately think of, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer and, uh, just like the DC's greatest thief. Um, that's a, that's a term I like to throw around just to describe her. because I, I love it's it, it, it's perfect. perfect. Um... But yeah, there's a lot of complexity to her, there's a lot of richness to her, and this episode's done its best to still keep to that great Stephen DC's sort of reputation, but show her as having a good reason and a reason to team up with the
0: good guys. Oh yeah, absolutely. And again, chaos ensues. And uh, even though Batman is not a factor in this this episode, apart from that dream cameo at the beginning, it's it's only Bruce Wayne we see in Paris, um, it felt more like... episode of the brave and the bold in a way and with with dick thrown in obviously the two ladies are the main needs but dick's in smaller it's like the brave the bold and the bewildered (laughs) because he didn't know what was going on with those two did he
1: no he was um he obviously of course there are times when bruce wayne's um responsibilities take him far from gotham and that's one of the reasons why he's taken such efforts to train um uh, Robin and Batgirl, they've like come on leaps and bounds and they're strong enough to be able to handle Gotham without his supervision and we'll see that in the latest seasons when um, him and Dick Grayson have their falling out and he becomes Nightwing uh, they're big damn heroes in their own right, like I said earlier on and this episode proves
0: that Yes, and it's it's a big deal because this is issue, issue episode 79 of our show It's the second means... the issue by the way, no big deal Yeah huh? <laughs> Which means that the next one, when we launch into uh, the new Batman Adventures or Batman the Animated Series Season 3, will be our 80th, which is cause for celebration. Mm -hmm. And obviously fans can now listen to the show as always, but watch us too. But it's weird in a way because even though fans will be able to see us, this is the first time you and I have recorded this show in separate buildings at separate um locations we've always done this, this is the first time we haven't seen each other's reactions while watching the show and my silliness and my quips and this is the first time that viewers will be seeing our gorgeous bat-like faces
1: it's true um we took a, two, uh, a little bit of time out dear listeners uh, we needed to reassess some things going on in our lives and our bat caves and um obviously the loss of uh kevin connery hit home <sighs> very hard Very hard. But uh um crime doesn't take vacations, and neither do we. Uh as a different actor playing Batman once said. So we have returned. We've shaken things up a little bit, but uh it's still the same bat time, same bat channel, giving you the same broken down content on the show that we've all come to know. And I think it's good that we've been able to like start up again on a on an ending that doesn't really feel very much like the standard episode, because of its glaring absence of Batman, we get to see just how big the cast is, how well handled these comics' favorite mm. characters are, and just the kind of stories that can be told with this cast of characters. where the, where the like the main the main guy that's sort of in the titles is no is seen very very little, but we still get a very rounded, complete story that f- does these characters justice and is still a fun sight to see.
0: Oh yeah absolutely but it's it's really great that this worked out this way in some ways because watching this episode obviously i do believe i've seen it but i've completely forgotten it hence the surprises and is it catwoman is it joker who is it what's going on um this is the last time we will see this iteration visually of catwoman batgirl dick grayson as robin and batman they all completely redesigned um for the final season which shocked me with reading the comics i thought whoa what's going on here but luckily they did a uh, mini series in comic form which i don't know if perhaps you and i should read and cover before we go into season three which shows the animated universe origin of nightwing and what happened when dick grayson left the cave so i don't know i don't know i don't know um as i've never seen any of the upcoming episodes not a single one um what do you think It may be worth looking into. Um,
1: It would be... I imagine that there'll be some crossover and some tie-ins into the comics, but I don't think there'll be essential viewing. I think there'll be... Because the essential viewing is the show, of course. But they've marketed the comics to those who want to get a little extra piece of Batman adventure goodness. There may be some stuff in there that might make some of the episodes richer, but... I hope that and I'm I'm confident that the creative teams in charge of the show would be able to still tell the rich kinds of stories we've been ha- having so far without needing to rely on any of the details introduced in the comics. Maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe there's going to be some crossovers and that might be a nice thing to catch up on. So I think we can look them over. But I think our focus could still be on the actual
0: show itself. Yep. Definitely. Uh, as you say, the show is essential. You don't need anything else but the show. But with the Batman Adventures comics from the very first run, uh, they do mention the show. So it's more important to watch the show when you read the comics than vice versa. But yeah, it's going to be weird. Um, see, well, A, I can't wait to see Nightwing because you know mm. that after Batman himself, Dick Grayson's my boy. I love him. And my favourite, Robin, Tim Drake, although slightly different, almost halfway between the Tim Drake we know and the Jason Todd, because obviously they didn't want to include that story. They've introduced that in the comics in the last two or three years. So yeah, big things, big changes. But um, as her Batgirl returns, Batgirl steps up, becomes a member of the team as she's going to be moving forward. Which is uh,
1: always a definitely a thing. She was always a much a mainline member of the team in this era of comics, as pre-Nightwing sort of time. Uh, she's obviously very welcome. And... This episode proves that she's a strong presence, uh, headstrong and uh, very fair crime fighter with a good uh, with a good moral code that she probably picked up from Batman. And of course, her father, which we get a lot of very fun jokes about. Um, Yeah, it'd be nice to
0: see her around more often. I'm looking forward to it because, again, uh, Barbara Gordon, you know, I love the character to pieces. So, um, yeah, it's a fun episode. Roland Daggett being the main villain um, out to get um, Selena. And of course, he nearly killed her, as, as alluded to in a previous episode, and this is like her revenge story. And the cat does come out. She's semi-heroic, but still the, the DC's greatest thief does rear her head, which I'm sure pleased
1: you. Oh, yeah, definitely. It's, um, I was definitely expecting it from this era of Catwoman. Um, to be honest, like, I don't, wouldn't put it past her now these days. Uh, I think her priority would be caring about her charges first, but mm-hmm. if an opportunity mm-hmm. like that came up, I think Celine's too streetwise to say no to something like that. But um, obviously this this Catwoman's much younger and much, um, uh, much more in need of worldly wisdom and a bit mm-hmm. of heartbreak to have that kind of train of thought. So that's why we see her um, be very sinister towards Daggett at, towards the end of the episode, and um, somewhat double-cross our heroes partway through, but still keeps to her code, and still plays the anti-heroics that we come to know from Catwoman now, and makes for a well-rounded, layered character, which is kind of what we want. Like, it's very oh, yeah. easy to frame her as this just like, oh, this kleptomaniac in Akatsu who just wants <laughs> all of the shiny things that are cat-related, but no, there's uh, depth there, and that's good uh good storytelling
0: very good story it's a brilliantly written and beautifully directed episode i love the way everything's done from the lighting um shirley walker's music in this episode is cinematic to say the least but what do you reckon of when they get into the stack deck that bar full of villains it's all shadows it's all high contrast like black and white movement and the villain stepping out of the shadows to confront Catwoman and Catwoman taking him down. Do you not think that visually, as well as in audio, this was a cracker?
1: Yeah, event? definitely. Because uh, the ambiance of that bar and how unfortunately they were treated because it was two female crime fighters by like a bunch of like sweaty sailor-type dudes was very important. Um, it then led to how they dealt with those guys in a very different way. Um, Batman's fighting style is much more like bombastic and brawling but they're much more light and agile which is what you'd expect from female combatants such as themselves so yeah it got got a different visual take that made a lot of sense and i was very happy to see it and it was very well
0: handled to see it i'm glad you brought that up because that brings me to a really fascinating question which selena raises to barbara i mean do you think that selena's right should babs and cattleman team up they would be unstoppable and, and a handful even for Batman to to uh, take down. Honestly, possibly. I think between
1: uh Cowman's Ruthlessness and uh Batgirl's determination, a team like that could get most anything done. Um it makes me think of some petro boy lyrics. But I think <laughs> uh I think it would be a nice it'd be a nice dream. It'd be a nice um story to tell once sort of uh, sort of in the same sort of wheelhouse as uh, when harley and ivy first first met up Ooh, but yeah. um in actual fact i thought, and i think it would ever really work out for this era of Catwoman. she's too self-centered and barbara's uh moral code is too strong so there would be a lot of friction there'd be a very interesting story to tell but then again i think for that version of the story we got it in this episode and it uh it was a wonderful treat to behold yeah
0: we we got a lot in this episode action drama character really unlikely team up um th- bruce um away leaving dick and uh barbara to go on their own with uh still a wiser more mature more experienced um member of of the bat family with them but one that they would normally work with especially in this era so it was a fascinating episode to watch and as such what were your main takeaways from Bat gold good bad or ugly this week well i had quite
1: a few um i wanted to sort of um like we unpacked a little bit how unfairly they were treated for being mm. women going into a, going into a male dominated bar like that um I uh, particularly love the consistency of the whole the show as a whole being able to call back to those other characters yeah. with confidence and say that there's no Batman here, but we can still tell a story, and the dagger connection. But I think my biggest takeaway was how proud I was as a viewer of right. Robin and Batgirl because, sure, there was no Batman in this episode, but he was um, he wasn't needed. He has trained those two up so well that they are real heroes in their own right, and they're very welcome to be the main characters in this in this show and in this story. And yeah, it was weird to feel pride for like literal cartoon characters, but they that they mean a lot to me because they're characters I've grown up with in multiple yep. media. So seeing them as st- a strong, confident, and like capable heroes on their own was like very impressive and I'm, I'm proud
0: and happy to see it yeah i agree um with barbara and dick grayson The fact that they grew up with me i read the comics when i saw them make that leap from teenagers to going to university or college as they call it in the states to progressing to be their own heroes in their own cities or their own parts of gotham finding crime themselves and seeing that slowly starts to happen in this show as well a lot of pride here but i did have one takeaway which is the first ever from this show which i wasn't that happy with it, even though i knew it was coming because it's it's been in the cards and they make it even worse in the um extremely hit and miss killing Joke animated adaptation yeah. is the fact that yes even in the comics at the beginning Batgirl became batbell out of hero worship for batman but the fact that she also has a romantic interest in him i just find cringy because yeah. he's got to be a good 10 15 years older than her part one and b as you know i a hopeless romantic for me it's dick and babs forever it's batgirl and nightwing i, I want those uh, and that seems to be happening in, in nightwing's title and in the batgirl's title at the moment but that was the only negative ever but it was a different era and bruce and uh, bruce dick and babs weren't really a couple back in the 90s as much as they are now so different era different writers telling different stories i guess Uh, I think so. Um, Yeah, I didn't want to have
1: to touch on the Killing Joke adaptation because um, there's a trend on YouTube where, like, video starts at and you can skip out to the actual content and skip over the introduction. In my Mm. head, the Killing Joke animation starts at, like, minute 44. Yeah, agreed. Killing Joke starts at minute 44, so I largely discredit that opening salvo. It didn't really happen in my head, so the fact that they've sort of played again on those themes is a little weird but again I'm choosing to ignore it because the the killing joke thing didn't exist but also I'm imagining this as like Barbara Gordon like fresh out of Super Academy she's like 12 minutes on the scene so she's yeah, still still going to exactly have a little that. bit of like teenage girl hormones of looking at this big strong capable man and just like ooh but uh after a while she'll calm down a little bit and she'll see the the goodness in a boy, in a boy more her age and of a similar skill level and similar uh wavelength uh so i i have confidence in your one true pairing as well so yeah it was it's a little bit glaring it's a little bit icky almost but it's one i'm willing to
0: ignore when you put a little bit of logic to it yeah Indeed. And again, we all know we can't control our dreams. And like you said, at that age, seeing the hero and knowing that that is the real reason she started being back good in the first place, I can forgive it because everything else about this episode honestly was terrific. So, so good. Yeah. Right. So in terms of actors, obviously we know Kevin Conroy, Lauren Lester, Melissa Gilbert, Adrian Barbeau, regulars. Um, but let's quickly talk about The Chemist, uh, played by an actor called Scott Valentine. And his story is one that's going to um, make you sit up and go, what, what, really? Um, Trained as an actor from a very young age. And just as his um, career was starting to take off, he was hit, run over and dragged by a truck. Oh. Um, which almost killed him. It took him three years to come back. But in true heroic fashion, after that, well, you can't see any 90s TV without finding him in it. From Knight Rider to Perry Mason to Murder She Wrote to CSI to Mike Hammer. He appeared in 17 movies. He appears in two episodes prior to this of Batman the Animated Series as, believe it or not, Roland Daggett's sidekick with the headphones. Do you remember him? Oh, the the spy guy, the guy who's in charge of security. Yeah, same actor, Scott Valentine. And he'll appear in two episodes of Superman, the animated series. And he'll appear again in an episode of Batman Beyond. So let's look out for Scott Valentine there. But glad he's still with us after being hit, run over and dragged by a truck. So Scott Valentine, wow. Um, Superhero origin story right there. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's, a, uh,
1: it's very fortunate that he was able to make it. Good work to him. Um, and obviously, again, a great performance because this this voice and this character are very different from Headphones Friend. Oh, yeah. Uh, this guy has like snivelly, cowardly, intellectual and Starstream almost uh, energy. So, yeah, great performance and a uh, great variation. I'm glad that he's OK and was able to give us many different performances across many different flavors of
0: Batman. Yeah, three episodes of Batman the Unlimited series, the chemist in this one and Raymond Bell in the two episodes, Feet of Clay, parts one and two, also featuring Roland Daggett. Well, that brings us to the end of episode 79 of I Am the night so um, as always we'll sign off and this time viewers can see us and uh, uh, we can see each other which is great because we didn't watch it together on the uh, sofa like we like we used to do but the fact the show's back
1: just makes me really happy most definitely and you will expect to see us uh coming back to you much more regularly dear listener uh we've made the plans and the efforts to start talking about the show again though the distances may be great it will still be the same level of a uh, fine tooth comb analysis of what is already
0: a, a timeless classic of batman media and as we've both said um audio justice audio justice back. it's back and it's back to stay so um till next time adam let's tell gothamites where they can hear your dulcet tones and read your work i have much work out there on the fine
1: winder interwebs uh You can summon it by uh, calling the bad signal, I wish. Um, (laughs) To hear my dulcet tones, you can, of course, hear me on this show and back issues and back episodes of I Am The Night podcast. You can also hear me on my own podcast hosted through the Fantastic Universe's podcast network called Fantastic Plays, where a friend and I talk about everything going on in the world of gaming, PC, console, tabletop, and everything in between. Uh, Most of our episodes these days is with a dear friend, uh, Connor McEndow, talking about the state of the many, many, many many different collectible card games we play (laughs) Uh, as for my written work for Batman Flavoured Things look no further than Dark Knight News you can find my reviews of uh, Catwoman and the current ongoing Mark Silvestri title Batman the Joker Deadly Duo which is excellent right now Uh, for my own uh, true love PC and tabletop gaming look to our website fantasticuniverses.com where I post many blog posts and thought pieces on whatever gaming topic takes my fancy. Look to the Storytellers Forge where I write story GM tips and storyteller tips to help uh, level up your TTRPG experience. And look to... Twitch.tv forward slash is it tinkerer where I'm going to finally make the efforts once I get over my day job's new sleep schedule to <laughs> broadcast myself playing various different card, digital card games, be it Magic Arena, Legends of Terror or Marvel Snap. I hate to, use, hate to reference Marvel on a DC show, but that is the way of things. We love uh, both. No harm. Uh, follow me on Twitter at is it and find all of those social means at more at linktree.com forward slash is it tinkerer.
0: Marvelous. As for myself, just type Steve J ray or fantastic is into your search engine of choice that'll take you to all my news reviews features and interviews across dc comics news our sister sites dark Knight news the more batman focused uh, website and fantastic Universes, which is for everything fan related and talk to me on twitter at l Stevo e l underscore as for this show and the main dc comics news podcast the soon to be returning harley quinn cast mad love and maybe even the spinner i don't know what's happening and if Ooh. we can twist Brad's arm um, we need for licky Fashions talking about costume designs and everything else um, catch those on the DC Comics News podcast network available on Apple Podcasts Spotify Google Play Stitcher and wherever else you find your podcasts. you can catch DC Comics News and Dark Knight News on Twitter and the rest of social medias at DC Comics News altogether no spaces at DKNews.com on Twitter for Dark Knight News and DarkKnightNews.com Online, um, catch us there. We'll love to hear from you. Please talk to us. Let us know if you're happy about the return of I Am the Night, and this will be a regular thing again moving forward. But until it is, well, we have only a few more things left to tell you. I am the night. We
1: are the night. And this has been the I Am the Night podcast. Thank you for listening, and until next time, read more comics and watch more Batman. More.